what it is back again with a badass fresh out of Australia, Matthew Ryder. What's cracking? Nothing much, man. Great to be here. Ex-Special Forces sniper turned entrepreneur. I've scaled numerous businesses to eight figures. My name is Matt Ryder. This is my podcast, and I'm telling you to put that coffee down. down. Thanks for coming, man. Hey, this guy is the chairman of Sales Sniper, which is a mercenary team of salespeople that he deploys for in, for companies and individuals, generally in the coaching space, but you'll go outside of that. We will. We have a few SaaS and stuff like that as well, fitness. Yeah, but- so we're going to get into that. If you guys are listening to this, you own a company, you're going to like this conversation because it's going to be, I'm going to drive it all towards how do we increase our sales and revenue. Now, Sales Sniper is one of his companies. The other company is Seventh Level Communications. And both of those companies are designed to get you either to show you how to do it yourself, train you. And then if you can't or don't want to do it yourself, shit, you got Sales Sniper to come in and do the job for them. It's almost like it was planned that way. Planned that way. Vertical integration. Exactly. It's like, folks, we'll teach you how to do it. We'll teach your team how to do it. And if they can't get the job done... We'll come in and get the job done. So it gives us a great recruiting pool, right? We sign up hundreds of new salespeople every single month. We teach them a phenomenal skill using NEPQ, neuroemotional persuasion questioning, right? And then from there, we have have our own recruiting pool of salespeople who we know are trained in the correct way. Um, And then all we have to do is vet them for culture and make sure that they're hard workers and good fit. And we can just stick them into a business and then run the whole operation for them. Yeah, but your perfect avatar is a coach, speaker, you know, some sort of... Yeah. So expert. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. So sort of, you know, like SMEs and stuff like that. So people who subject matter expert for those of you that don't know what an SME is. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like people who, you know, teach people things. Right. So like Jeremy, like I, I was a commission only sales guy. Um, you know, I was doing pretty well before I met Jeremy and then I signed up for Jeremy's program. Uh, this is back in its infancy before it was kind of the thing that it is now. Um, and then, you know, ramped my income up by four times. So I ended up making about $100,000 a month. And that was commission only selling somebody else's product. And then from there, uh, I went more was in it, depth with Jeremy. Was it just the NEPQ that did it? Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like, so uh, I was a sniper in the, in the military. And so I kind of, uh, I'm a big data fan, you know, because like if you're shooting at, if you're shooting at elevation, the bullet reacts differently than if you're shooting at sea level. Right. And so you have to understand the data and the interplay within different compounding factors. And so for me, it was like, all right, well, like I know that I'm going to do all the follow up. I know I'm going to get the referrals. I'm going to have a system in place to like extract as much income as I can from what the business is providing me. And I'm going to make sure that I'm not like pigeon held on my income as to only what they can provide. So I'm going to make sure that I'm like creating like spheres that I can tap into at different stages in case some guy you know, shits the bed, goes hyper-political on Facebook, and all of a sudden he gets shadow banned and he's got no leads, right? So i got to mitigate my risk against that. So that's that's what a good sales rep does anyway, Mm. like in my opinion. And then from there, when you learn the skills to be able to convert at a really high rate, that's when your income starts to go up exponentially as a sales rep. Folks, if you want to follow him, at Real Matt Ryder, R-Y-D-E-R, at Real Matt Ryder, you're dropping bombs on the reg on the social media. (laughs) He's also got a podcast, Coffee is for Closers. Yeah. Now, your partner in crime, Jeremy, has one called Closers or Losers. That's right. Now, why does he call Closers Losers? I think it's like, you know, like mine is a bit more satirical. 
you know, the coffee is for closures and stuff like that because it's a bit of, it's, it's fun and it, you know, goes back to the old roots of, of, of sort of selling. And we just talk all things sales and business really. Yeah. But Jeremy's thing is like, Jeremy has a very distinct methodology that he wants to impasse. And the whole mentality of being a closer, I think these days with like all these people going out on the internet and telling people that they can make a $30,000 a month income in two months after learning this one skill, it's not going to happen. And that's kind of what like, you know, could happen. I mean, it could, it could for sure. Um, but being good at sales, as you know, is, is a skill set that takes a while to develop. Yeah. And so it's like, get away from being a closer. Cause for me, the connotation of closer, like these days is like dudes, you know, inbound, that's it. You know, like Dan Locke did his whole inbound closure thing or whatever it was. And it was like, yeah, just take inbound leads and you'll be fine. And to me, that's terrifying. One is a business owner. Cause like, I don't want a sales guy that just does inbound stuff. Like that seems ridiculous. I want them to actually go out there and make some shit happen. Well, can, can we converse about this? Yeah. Because inbound would be nice if the marketing department could facilitate it. Like I don't need my sales people doing anything. If all the inbounds are good and fills up their schedule. Yeah. So that's like, but that's always, there's always going to be a cycle, right? So you're always going to have times where the inbound lead flow is fantastic and you're busy. In which, in which case you wouldn't want your people not taking that traffic. No, 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 not at all. So you want them to take that traffic, but then they need to have these like, and that's what I do at sales snipers. I make sure that all of our guys do this. And this is one of the big parts of our culture is like, is like, like let's make hay while the sun shines, but we're, we're it's going to fucking rain pretty soon. Right. And it's feast and famine with marketing. It's very rare that you get a business that just crushes marketing all the time because the way that Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever platforms you're using, they constantly change their algorithms, yeah. which make it harder and harder and harder. And so like, I want to make sure like, like, so like when I onboard a, like a business for sales sniper, I come in and I, we do a complete audit of all their marketing because I need to figure out what outbound channels I've got to put in place, if I need setters, if I need to make sure that we have people monitoring emails, if I've got people doing text blasts, email blasts, whatever. And then I've got the guys who are really good at handling the actual closing port part. But that's like, like in special operations, it's one ad, it's uh, one shooter, seven admin, right? And so I have a look at like my actual like top tier, like closers or top tier sales reps. They're like the SF dudes. And then I've got this whole supporting skeleton that has to be around them in order to make sure that the business is ultimately very successful. Damn near want to like have you come in and do it for light speed. Yeah. So like might the, have to make a deal before you leave. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. So it like, because it all comes down to risk mitigation, right? Cause like come from military special operations background and like, I think worst case scenario, like everything I think is worst case scenario, right? I've been through enough shitty things in my life to know that the world is not rainbows and unicorns. Um, and so when I have a look at businesses and they're like, I do Facebook ads, I'm like, that's it. It's like, do you hate your kids? You know, it's like, that is, that is a terrifying prospect to someone who comes in and helps people grow their businesses predominantly in the sales realm for a living. Because like, what if Mark Zuckerberg just decides to become a fucking charity? Right. And then is like, Oh, I'll just turn this tap off. It's like, you're fucked. You got nothing for your family, nothing for anything. Your sales guys are going to be in the shit. So you better have some like alternate methods and you better think about this in the, in the, in the, in the long term and have all these different spheres of influence. And I teach my sales guys how to fish in every single pool and how right? to hunt. Exactly. So like my staff portal is called the hunter gatherer portal. That's what I called it. And so 
I make them go in there and I teach to have a whole hunting section, which is like, this is how you fucking hunt down leads. This is how you get sales. This is how you make shit happen. And this is how you gather. This is what the mechanisms need to have to make sure you, you gather as many as possible. So it's always a to and fro. So that's seventh level though, because that's, that's sales like, like if Lightspeed wanted you to come show us, train us, identify all these additional revenue streams, that's seventh level. No, that's all. So seventh level is right now in the iteration that we have at the moment is like training sales reps how to be better on a call. So teaching them any PQ. Exactly, right? And whatever they're teaching. So any company listening to this that wants to have their salespeople 4X their production. Yeah, that's all seventh level, right? So we're teaching sales reps how to be better. Sales Sniper is much more of like a consulting and done for you wing, right? Uh, which is predominantly run by me. Like that's sort of like my baby. That's why it's called Sales Sniper. I started it. Um, and so that's where we go in and we do all the assessments on a more business level. And then we deploy our own sales reps that are interior to us, that are trained by us. A lot of them are, they're all trained using the NAPQ methodology, but it's much more of a done for you service. We, we come in and just do the thing. And then if you don't want us to do the thing, then what we can do is we can manage your sales reps, train them, make sure they're good to go, put in all the structures for them to That's be successful. That's the important part, the structures. Yeah, the systems and structures, like most businesses just aren't very systemized, especially in the coaching and consulting realm. Like it's kind of a cowboy industry. Um, you know what I mean? You get these young dudes that come in, start killing the game, uh, getting a little bit arrogant, thinking that they're pretty cool because um, they're making you know $5 million a year. But they're not really thinking long term and they're setting up a business that's heavily leveraged against very, very small market segments. And and so it's just it's a it's a scary business model for someone who thinks worst case scenario. So if I'm listening to this, because you don't want a million people calling you that don't fit your T. No. So if I'm listening to this, who who's the ideal customer you can help? So it's it's basically businesses that are that have hit a point um where like sales is essentially sales or the structures around sales, like is 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 preventing them from growth. But like they they've sort of figured out some of the other sides of things in terms of like okay their internal communication is good, they're um, like they have a decent culture and like they're they're on a good trajectory, but they just don't know how to sort of, you know they have a very leaky bucket, and so what we come in is we come in and fix all the bucket with structures, and then we just put really really good salespeople in who can be very predictable. Like I know that my sales guys are predictable. And so when they come in, I, I can go, okay, it'll take us this much time to figure this out because every, every program and product is different. So we have to create custom scripts and all that kind of stuff and figure it out. But once we figure it out, it's gonna be very predictable. And then because I have a constant pool of new sales reps that are being trained through seventh level, I can then scale that account internationally very quickly. So if you're like, hey, I need three guys in the U.S. I'm like, yep, sweet. And then it starts going well. And they go, hey, let's expand to the U.K. Yep, sweet. Here's three in the U.K. Here's four in Dubai. Here's two in Australia. Do you know, do you need more sales reps? If someone's listening to this saying, I'm a badass, I want to learn, I want to be one of your snipers. Yeah, man, you can go to salesniper.net and there's a whole application form there. If you're a business owner, go to crushsales.net and that just takes you straight to the application form for that. We usually have about 50 to 60 in the wings at all time and we run a boot camp. And my goal in the boot camp is to break everybody so they all quit. Is it, is it broken down like the military? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because so. you were in the military? Yeah. So I like to fuck people up in the beginning because if they stay, then they're here for the right reasons. Right? And so the same way with like SF selection, right? My selection was six weeks or whatever it was. And the whole thing is just let's break you and figure out how you react under pressure. So I'll give you like somewhat ridiculous targets and you have to meet them. And there's no excuse for not meeting them. So if I give you, hey, you have to do 400 dials a day, 
go do four hundred dollars a day. You hit three hundred nine, you're fired. What happens when someone says, "I don't want to do this shit"? And it's get, fine. You get a lot of people quitting. Um, we have a pretty good culture, so like in in the, in the sphere that we work in, in coaching and consulting, like we have a good name, so people come to us. But yeah, in that in that boot camp, you know, maybe 15 percent get through. So the company wants you to come do their sales for them. Will you just take over the sales for the company and the marketing? Um, so we can, depending on the sphere and what they have in terms of marketing asset, then we can take over elements of the marketing. Um, it, it really depends. That'd be a much more case by case. The sales systems, the sales structures, the sales management, we just take that over whole as bolus. So like someone's like, you know, they like cause a lot of people are really good at what they do, but they just don't know sales. And so like they, they can get all this data and they're just looking at a bunch of fucking numbers on a piece of paper, just going like, what, what's happening? Like, I don't know what any of these mean. And so like you can break down a sales process and you can add friction points. You can take away friction points. There's all these things that you can do to get yourself like a much better idea as to like what client journey you have to take them through to maximize revenue. Where'd you learn all this shit? I had to do it. Cause like, like three years ago, I was broke as a fucking joke. Like broke, broke. Like not like people pretending to be broke. I mean, like fucking broke. So I had all these gyms and um, I was working with some business partners and it just didn't go well. I've been in that like just flogging the guts out of it for years. And I was like the guy who ran all the sales and I just got sick of it and walked away. So I completely walked away. And because I was like business owner mode, I was throwing all the money back into the business. I was only taking like an 80K a year salary, which is Australian. And in Sydney, that's not enough to live. It's like living in Manhattan. Right. So when I left, I had nothing, like nothing. Like me and my wife, she was pregnant with our daughter, who's now three. Um, and we were, I had to borrow the money for like the Down syndrome test. Right. It's 400 bucks. I had to borrow it from my father in law. Um, and so I was like, fuck. Um, <laughs> so what I knew I could do is I could sell fitness. So I started cold calling gyms and I was like, hey, I'll be your sales guy. Like that, took them through a sales. I was like, I'll do commission only. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I started selling like $97 programs, $197, $500 fitness programs for like just gyms all over Australia. And then I realized like, man, I can only sell for like three gyms in Australia at once because the time zone. And I was like, fuck it. I'll work 20 hours a day. So then I started cold calling US gyms. And I was like, sweet, man. Now I've got like a good chunk of time, you know, because the time zone is different. So then I called you like, and then I called UK gyms. So at one point, I was selling for like two UK gyms, two US gyms, and two Australian gyms. And it was just me. So I was working from like 4 a.m. to like 11 p.m. every day on the phones, like selling for these gyms. Um, and then that sort of started to expand, right? All the marketing companies were like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and I was like, oh, I'm just doing sales. So then they started throwing gyms at me, like throwing. And I had like 50 inquiries. And uh, mind you, I'm only getting paid like 20 bucks a sale. Right. Well, what were, what, how are you doing it? What do you mean? How come you could do it and none of their salespeople could do it? Well, like I just, uh, because I'd ran the sales for all these gyms, like I was like part owner in like 18 different gyms. So for 10 years, I just sold fitness programs. But were they giving you the leads? Yeah, they were giving me the leads. And then they'd give me all their old lead lists as well. And then of I was like fishbowls? Yeah, I'd just call the shit out of everybody. So I had auto dollars. But, but the leads, were they coming from like fishbowls? How are they getting the leads? Oh, no, they, they're coming from everywhere. Like they were coming from Facebook, Instagram, like, you know, uh, pick a card type stuff, like, like everything you could imagine. They just put it onto a Google sheet every day. And then I would just call the leads and I had like 10 international numbers, right? <laughs> I was just calling them back and forth. So then that started to go well. And then I started to be like, man, I think I can make a business out of this. So I called some friends 
um, guys that I'd worked with and I was like, Hey, come work with me, come work with me. And then, uh, that's how I found Marco, the Italian stallion that you met out there. Um, and James who, uh, I think you've met. Um, and then, so like we started building, building gyms and I was like, man, I can't just rely on these guys' ability to get me 50 leads a week or whatever it is. So then I started like developing all the systems and structures and, and teaching them because I'd run gyms, how to go out and do these things. It's like, okay, we're going to do a challenge. That's going to get an upswell in leads here. I'm going to get all the referrals here. And then I would like coordinate all the gyms marketing campaigns with them. So I could figure out when all the upticks were going to be so I could time it right. So I didn't have to, so I could be more efficient in my time. And then I started doing that for the marketing companies. They asked me to sell for them. So the marketing company was like, hey, why don't you come sell for me? At this point, I developed a couple of sales guys and they were doing the sales for the gym. So then I started doing that. And then again, I was like, okay, I need to protect my time, but I want to make money. So then I started working with them on like, okay, what are all the things? And then like, I've just been in the back end of so many businesses now that like I've seen so many sales processes and I've seen the ones that work and the ones that don't, but I know the fundamentals of what has to be there. And most people don't. And it's just what, because- What are those fundamentals? The fundamentals are like, first of all, you have to have data. But like data for data's sake is fucking ridiculous, right? So like, I want to know like, when is the handover from marketing? So like, there's this gray area that everyone gets really confused about. Like, whose responsibility is this, right? And so- But marketing's responsibility is to generate leads. Yeah, but there's like a handover period, right? Of where like, when do they enter the sales process? When are they considered a lead- and then when do they enter the sale process, right? And like your marketing and your sales, they, they need to be opposite. So if you have, um, like I'll say like a qualification funnel, right? So if your marketing is designed to push everybody through, then your sales has to push everybody out, right? Otherwise, you end up with an extraordinarily high volume of like very frustrated salespeople who are talking to underqualified leads on a way too regular basis. That's what I got right now. That it's a frustrating thing. That's what 90% of businesses have right now. Yeah. So if you have that, then you have to create a disqualification sales process, right? Otherwise you'll churn through sales reps like yeah. crazy, right? That makes sense. Yeah. So I got to go, okay, like what? So then I have to add friction points, right? So people try and go, what's the easiest way to get them through? How do we get, it's like, no, 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 no. Like if you're, if, if you're, if you're, if you're like, your problem is not reach, right? You have shitloads of people that watch everything. So like, I know I can get people to, to buy into Bradley. I got to fuck them off along the way. Right. But still keep them in good stead and, and, and still have them hold the business in high regard so I can use them later. Right. But they're not right now. So I got to kick them out. So then I got to add friction points to the sales process that, 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 that like has unemotional points that I can boot them out based off very, very clear metrics. Give me one example. Okay, so let's just say, point. well, let's just say we do a, uh, so like a multi-stage call, right? So I might have a three-call close. We'll just call it that, or a two-call close. That first call, there has to be very, very clear and defined metrics from you, the business owner, as to what the ideal avatar and who we're trying to get through this program, right? So I have to then boot them out at that stage if they don't hit that. What, now, if, what, if, what if the avatar's too general? Uh, then it makes it difficult. Then we have to have a hear a clearer conversation about the offer because if you talk to everyone, no one fucking listens, right? Like no one cares, you know? So you have to have some sort of niche and like as a business owner, in my opinion, and I, you know, you better say that one again. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. You said when you talk to everyone, nobody listens. Yeah. When you talk to everyone, nobody listens. In other right? words, your, your message is bland. No one's listening because it's not specific enough. It's not solving specific pain points. Exactly. And so like, what's the point of doing it? Right. And if you're in business just to, 
try and ram people through and sell some shitty stuff. Like that's like that's not my game. It's also right? not long term. Exactly. And so so you, so, so I, I don't want to get away from this until I get this answer. So the the scrubbing mechanism. You might have one call that says, "Okay, who are you?" And if you're not the right person, see ya. Yeah. Okay, and then if they're the right person, they move along to the next step. Then, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, to, like to the next step, and you might like, and then from there you'll go like, okay, like where do they go, right? I might have high tier products and low tier products, right? And then I want to make sure there's a clear delineation between where I send them and why, and that person who's doing that has to be empowered with that knowledge, and it's very, very clear. And then from there I'd send them to, and that gives me a lot of data because I'm like, hey man. And then I can talk to the marketing team and I go, hey bro, I've got a. 47% disqualification rate on the first on the first call. And then I've got from those people, I've got 72% going high ticket and I've got the rest going low ticket. Right. Then from there, I've got my high ticket guys. I've got my low ticket guys. My low ticket guys, the reason why it's great to have a low ticket offer is because I can have salespeople in training. So now I've got a training pool, which is like much lower risk for the business. Right. And then I've got like it's lower risk for the salesperson. So they don't end up getting in their own head and freaking out about selling something expensive straight away when they're new. Yeah. What's a high ticket in your mind? Um, the most expensive products that we sell are around 700 grand. <laughs> That's a high ticket. Right? Yeah. That's not a normal high ticket. What's a normal high ticket? 30. 30? Yeah. Anything, so of, anything above so 10. So 7 grand, 6 grand, 12 grand, these programs, you see a lot of these guys have 12 grand programs. They're, that's a low ticket? It's not low ticket. It's sort of like a, it's sort of like a medium point. The only reason why you would sell a, like a six to ten, six to twelve thousand dollar program is because you're trying to find the pricing for your entry offer, and that's that's sort of in my opinion. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the high ticket space, you're better off having like a six and a thirty, right? So you have a very clear delineation. But then I want to get the six and I want to get the thirty. So like Lightspeed, if 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 you're coming on board, we have three packages. And by the way, those are services. The software itself, you can just use yourself. Yep. Most people won't know how. They don't. They don't have all the years of knowledge it'll take them two years to get where i can get them in two weeks yep if they listen yep so so the software explaining that oh it's nothing and then now where's the money come in 30 60 90 and it's basically just consulting and and production yep doing a little of the work you know private label shit like that yep. but but are those mid ticket low ticket what are those 30 60 90 okay right yep. yeah those are those are definitely high ticket programs right but like I would want to create an ascension model that got the most revenue out of everybody. So I don't want to sell just the 30, just the 60, just the 90. I want to sell them the 30, the 60, the 90. Now, if that's a comprehensive, now if the 90 is a, is a, is a package that includes the 30 and the 60, it's a bit of a different story. I almost want to right? end, I almost want to end the podcast, go, go into my boardroom, strike a deal and start mapping out a plan. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can do that. Cause it sounds like, you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, it's like the like the ascension models like like I mean this is a bit of fourth wall stuff, but when I like so I'm the the business guy behind seventh level, right? Jeremy's the genius of sales, but I'm a business dude, right? My dad was a VC, he taught me stuff, right? Um, and so I, I look at ways and I look at things in a little bit different ways, and I like to create in very very intentional ascension models and product ladders. So seventh level, we have stuff from and because I because sales sniper sort of runs the sales for seventh level, right? Hey, do you know if Jeremy was in the military as a major? He'd be major minor. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. I mean, I like it, but it's terrible. Um, so, so like, um, you create these ascension models, and so I'll go like, okay, like, what is like if I'm have a coaching program, and like I want to get like, there's no point just getting someone in the six or just in the thirty. Get them in the six and the thirty. Like, get them into both and create a model that easily pushes them through. 
And so then like I can figure out from a marketing standpoint, is it easier to market towards my 30 or my six? Now, most of the time it's going to be easier to market towards your six, right? So for us, like a lot of the stuff that we do at seventh level goes towards our NEPQ 2.0 program, which is our anywhere between two and four grand. Right now we can sell a metric for an individual or a business. That's that. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's for an individual. Right. And that's the, that's like the quadruple their sales. Yeah. Learning, and that's run on light speed. Yeah. Right? But so that's fantastic. learning NEPQ. Exactly. It's the basics of any every, PQ. every salesperson listening should think about and consider that because what I tell people all the time when they're asking me about success is you have to learn to sell period. Yeah. Just go to salesrevolution.group and I'm sure we'll have a chat. Yeah. And I don't care. What business you're in. If you're an entrepreneur listening, you better learn how to sell. You got to sell your dream. You got to sell your employees. You got to sell everybody on everything. Exactly. You got to learn to sell no matter who you are. Exactly. Everybody should go learn to sell. It was the skill. Like I remember, um, I remember Jeremy, like once he, once he'd figured out that I'd kind of figured it out, he was like, congratulations. You never have to worry about money ever again. Um, and I was like, and That's it was, it. and it's all acting confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's the confused old man strategy. Yeah. Trust me. It works very, so, very well. Let me ask you this. If if I were to help you, it would be worth a lot? It would. It would. Tell me more. And, you, and then I'm going to lean in and be like, what do you mean? Yeah. Right. And so then like, I, I got to get to the pricing. Like, here's what it costs. Yeah. I do price different than most people. I might, I might just, uh, again, have you guys come in here and take over Lightspeed. Man, I'm all for it. Well, dude, I'm not even joking. I'm like, not joking like, either. Like, I need, I need some, because we've never marketed, believe it or not. Yeah, right. Like here and there, bullshit stuff, but not real marketing. Not like Th this year. I'm going to do real marketing. Okay. I need real systems. I need yep. real closers. I need real freaking shit. Because dude, this company literally could be at least ten times bigger than it is. I mean, you've seen the system. It's, it's badass. I mean, we paid you a shitload of money. Nobody, to do it, no, so. nobody knows that it's badass. Nobody, you people that have it don't even use it right. It's like having a freaking Ferrari. Okay, so what's the? I don't watch. Listen to this. It made me like me selling you a Ferrari, and then coming by your house and you're sitting in it listening to the stereo, and I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, <laughs> you fucking drive it. Yeah. No, I'm like listening to the radio, waiting on the bus. Yeah, and yeah. And I'd be like, no one drives it correctly. No one knows how to drive it correctly, and it's. Yeah. To me, it's common sense, but I've been doing it 20 years. i got to remind myself it's not common sense. Yeah. Well, to me, the sales system stuff is common sense, but it all comes from a fact of, like, I, I like not sleeping in the rain and eating food, yeah. right? And so, like, uh, you know. You want to sleep food and eat rain? Yeah, exactly, right? So, like, you know, it's like, it's, like, it's like never trust a marketer that's never spent their own money on marketing. Yeah. Right? And so it's like never trust a sales guy that, like, won't back themselves to come into an account and make it work. Commission right. only. Commission only, baby. That's Commi the way to go. Dude, commission only is, number one, how you get more commission. Exactly. Number two, it's also how you weed out the weak salespeople. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, like, it, it, we, we get we get like a lot of inquiries. Um, we, we can't take most of them just, be, just from like a pure like logistical standpoint. If someone could wave a magic wand and give me, you know, four or 500 more sales reps that are just like my guys, then, you know, it'd be fantastic, but that's just not going to happen. And nor do I really want it to, because that would dilute a lot of stuff very, very quickly. But over the past two years, we, we've grown from like four guys to a hundred. Um, we kept a really, really good culture all around like the sniper mentality. Right. So would you, would you say you cultivated them? Oh Yeah. It's been very, everything that like, you know, it, it's funny. I think it was, it was Elon Musk that said like, you know, like uh, the more successful I am, the luckier I seem to get or something yeah. like that. Right. Or vice versa. Um, but we, we've sort of really held true to like some very, very particular core principles. Um, and it's like, I will not, I, I will not allow anyone 
no like in, like no one in the organization is worth more than anybody else. I'm a big believer in that. And then I have a lot of transparent communications and special operations. That one of the reasons why I left was poor leadership. And it's not that those guys aren't fucking good at killing people and all that kind of stuff, and they're good soldiers, but like you have to if you can understand someone's thought process, then like their decisions make more sense to you. And so like for me as like the leader of a company and all that kind of stuff. Um, is like I will tell them my thought process as to why I'm making certain decisions. And so I have a meeting every two weeks. Everyone go, comes, all the setters, everyone, brand new people. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing in the business. This is why I'm doing it. This is my thought process behind it. And it might affect some of you negatively, but I promise it's to have an eventual better outcome for you. Because I'm a salesperson first guy. Like I come up as a sales dude. I don't believe commissionally sales reps should be asked to do anything that isn't selling right? They can make their own shit and they should be very, very proactive. But like, I would never ask commissionally sales guy to teach people for free. That's a bullshit thing that business, that lazy business owners do. Do they do? do, they do oh that? yeah. Especially in the coaching realm. Like a lot of you, people watching this are probably in the coaching and consulting realm and they'll have commissionally sales reps and they'll go, Oh, Hey, yeah, Hey, train, train all the new guys. It's like, yeah, for what rate? You know, if I'm getting paid a thousand bucks a sale and I make 12 sales a week, right? Like I'm going to take you for a week. I should pay you 12 grand average. Exactly. So, you know, but people don't really think like that because they think, well, I'm paying you 40 grand a month. It's like, yeah, man, but I'm in order to do that. I'm making you a lot of money. Well, dude, you're preaching to the choir. I'm a sales guy. Yeah. Day one. Yeah. Well, day two, I'd learn the hard way, but I was lucky I had Jeremy, but to me, it's like, you're not paying them prick. They're making you exactly. Like when I'm a sales guy and they're like, dude, I paid you 30 grand. Fuck you. I made you a buck 70. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like commissionally sales reps are essentially free. Like yeah. you definitely have to, I think people price, price wrong and like they don't pay the commission structures correctly. Like I don't like, I'm not a, like a, just a sales guy. Like I would, I would struggle to pay like 20%, like for just a sales guy. Uh, unless that sales guy is going to provide something, a level of insight into the business. Like for me, I charge a fair bit, right? Like when I like, and I, like, like when I come into the sales sniper, I provide an infrastructure, uh, like, and we do all the automations. We we basically take care of everything. So I'm more expensive than a sales guy. There's no doubt about it. However, the level of infrastructure and scale that I can provide is unparalleled, right? Like I had one account, we had 22 sales reps on there. I onboarded them in like a day. I was like, oh, this is growing quickly. <laughs> Sweet as good to go. One of our guys, like, you know, uh, we sell a, like an offer um, and we have a 25 times return of ad spend. They also have an internal team. Their internal team has a six times return, like return of ad spend. And it's just because I changed the way and how the sales come into the pipeline. And then I maximize the way that the sales, like I maximize the pipeline for both short and long term. And so all we have to do is have a look at that data and I can see where all the sales are coming in and I can see what channels they're coming in from. And then I can see like uh, the cheapest channels, the most expensive channels. And then I can change the process depending on where the lead's coming from. And they let me do that, but their internal team doesn't do that. Obviously, they're just getting sales. Um, and so my team outperforms them, you know, four to one. Um, and it's just, be, it's not, the do sales ever, guys are- Do they ever call you and say, what are you doing? Yeah, and like the sales guys are better. But I'm very clear. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm I'm constantly changing where leads are coming from, where they're going. We're having a look at all the data. And then we base that off all the data for the other clients that we have. And we go, what is optimal for this? Like, from person to go from here to here, what's the optimal percentage that we should be aiming for? As soon as we get to that, we stop worrying about it. 
And then we go into the next one and we optimal, sweet, next one, optimal, sweet, next one, optimal. And then we go back to the top because that's probably changed. You know, so I, like, like we're always trying to fix all the weakest links in the chain, always. And it comes down to because like I want my sales guys to make a shitload of money. If they make a shitload of money, I make a shitload of money. Like we're a commission on the agency. <laughs> what do you think is more important, sales or marketing? Um, well, it, it, it's like if you have really good marketing, you can have weaker sales. Right. If you have incredibly good sales, you can have weaker marketing. But what do you think is more important? Marketing. I would agree. Yeah. Everybody listening. I yeah. did that on purpose because there's a lot of people out there that all they want to do is figure out how to sell more. Yeah. When in reality, what they need to figure out is how to market better. Yeah. Because you'll sell more if you market better. For sure. Like if you have more eyeballs on you, then more opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, like if, if I've got an average sales guy calling 100 leads, closing 20 of them versus a killer sales guy calling five leads. Yeah. You know. But you're, I think you're, you're like, never gonna you're never gonna out kick kick the average guy's ass because they're out marketing you. Yeah, but the marketing like it's funny like the sales industry still has a level of accountability that the marketing industry doesn't have anymore. Well, do you do both? Uh, we just bought a marketing company, so we're raising. We can do both. Like we're raising the capability, um, but I'm trying to keep it relatively niche in what we do because like I'm not going to do anything that we're not the best at. And so we're rolling out test pilots for both an operational build out and also a media build out. Um, so that we can keep like internal communication structures and well, let's stuff like say, that really possible. Let's say one of hundreds of my subject matter expert clients are listening and they're like, dude, I'm, I'm interested in, in having a SWAT team call leads and close my deals for me. Cause yep. a lot of these guys, believe it or not, and girls, they're, they're smaller teamed people. If, if at all, I know people that yeah. are making a million and a half, 2 million a year traveling around teaching what they teach but there are no employees. They might have an assistant. Yeah. They're like one man bands. Very, very leaky buckets. And I've asked them before, cause they're on virtual training, my system. And I'm like, you know, they're doing all right. But I'm like, dude, I thought these guys would do a million a month. Easy. They're, they're doing, you know, 30,000. And I'm like, how are they only doing 30,000? They must not be calling businesses. They must not be, you know, presenting it correctly. It's, it's weird. It's almost like, dude, you make $2 million in person, but you can't make a million a month online scaling yeah. it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, especially when those people have got like an audience sitting there. They just haven't thought of like all the catchment systems that you need to yeah. put into place well, to that's utilize the problem. The leads. They're yeah. one man bands, dude. Yeah, exactly. So that's why like, and the agency space I think has kind of a bad rap. Um, they do, which because I everybody claims I'll get you a million leads. And a lot of these individuals are like, well, what am I going to do with them? Because yeah. now they're calling them and they're, and they're not salespeople. They're subject matter experts and, or, um, unless they're subject matter experts on sales, but still you can't, fill up their day all day. Cause that's the person supposed to be out doing all the, it's also shit. draining. And then it becomes a technician sale, which is completely unscalable. So if I called you right now yeah. and I was in that situation, you just assign five agents or five snipers. Yeah. So I do an order to the business first and foremost. If I qualify. Yeah. If, yeah, if you qualify. Yeah. So what we do is we'd have a look at like all the things that are required to get to like the level in which you want to get to, let's say you wanted to get to a million dollars a month. I go, okay, cool. Well, given your current structure, there has to be a runway for this. Right. And I go, but it's not going to happen without this and this. And so like, if it was a media, if it was a marketing function that I think that we could perform well for that niche, then I would go, Hey, listen, it's going to be X amount per month. This is what we expect. This is the runway that we need. And then we would take over that marketing function and also the full sales function. So Damn. we usually have a sales manager. <laughs> well, I just think that solves everybody's problem. That's yeah. Vertical integration. 
Yeah, especially in like the realm that we generally deal in, which is a lot of coaching and consultants, and also some SaaS companies as well. So after you kind of were broke and you're like, screw this, and you started doing the gym business, eventually you ran into Jeremy. Yeah, so I'd gotten into like the high ticket selling space, um, and I was relatively successful. Like the first week, uh, it was like it was really funny. So this business coach, he put up a you know ad online. He's like, hey, I'm looking for closers or whatever. It's two thousand bucks a sale. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, 2000 I was getting like 22 right? <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give this a crack. So I hunted this guy down, did the interview, and he blanked me, totally blanked me. And I was like, fuck this. So I like just relentlessly messaged this dude, just relentlessly. And then I said, hey, man, I know you're not getting back to me. Just answer me one question. How much does it cost you to get a sales – how much does it cost you to get a person to a sales goal? He said, 400 bucks. He said, I'll pay you 400 bucks for everyone I don't sell, right? And he was like – well, that's a big boy move. I was like, that's strong. I was like, legit. Everyone I don't sell, I'll pay you four hundred bucks. So I made six sales in the first week, made twelve thousand bucks commission. Um, six of eight, and I paid him eight hundred bucks, right? Um, so, and then I called uh, Jimmy, who's like my manager and sort of business partner. Yeah, but how did you um, know that you could close those? Just well, confidence, or did you know his program? Did you know his brand? I knew nothing about the program, nothing about the brand, nothing about the industry. You Sometimes just, you just got to back yourself, buddy. You just got to jump off. Yeah. Right? Like, what Like, what was yeah. I going to do? That's right. <laughs> so I just I just backed myself. I was like, fuck it. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out, you know? I've, you know, I backed myself to, to do the best that I can do, and that's all I can do, right? So I made 12 grand in the first week, and I called Jimmy, and I was like, hey, dude, we don't fuck the fitness. We do this now. And then I went hard in the paint on, on that, and then... I was doing really, really well. I was consistently making, you know, seven to 12 grand a week doing that. Then I met Jeremy and that went up to about $25,000 a week worth of comms. And then I completely broke the delivery mechanism of that business. And that was the first time that the business basically had to stop marketing, stop sales because they could not keep up with the volume of people that I was selling. That's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have, unless you're the sales guy. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Right. So then I went and we'd been doing that in Sniper a fair bit. We've been sort of breaking delivery mechanisms. Like one of our accounts, we came in the first month, we onboarded $110,000, $15,000 sales. Right. The first month. And then it's been kind of ramping up from there. And so I went out and bought, there's a genius guy named Spencer Burnett. He's fucking genius. And he is a, he's an expert at like uh, automating the delivery mechanisms and like internal communication structures of a business that like you don't require as many people to do the same thing. So I bought his company. For how much? An undisclosed amount. <laughs> you, did you save all your dough? Are you a saver? Uh, no. Did no. You, did you make him a deal to buy it? Yeah, yeah. So I made him a deal. So he now works for us. Um, so you enveloped his company. Yeah. Yeah, see, a long time ago, I enveloped Jason's company. Yeah. 21 years ago. Yeah. You so know Jason. Yeah, yeah, I know Jason. He's good so, so you were a sniper with the Austra Australian... Special operations, yeah. Military. It's a it's a unit called Two Commander Regiment. So similar to MARSOC. Did you have to shoot people? Yeah. Have you shot people? I have shot people, yes. But how does that feel? Um, uh, how sociopathic do you want me to be on this podcast? Straight up real. Uh, it didn't bother me at all. Were they bad people? Yeah, yeah. No, they needed to die. But did you ever, <laughs> did you ever like have someone in your scope that was like, you see in Afghanistan and Iraq, like little kids with bombs on them walking towards the troops. Um, that's much more an Iraq thing. So I didn't do Iraq. I did, I did, I did all my stuff in Afghanistan. So everybody and then, you put the crosshairs on was straight up bad guy. Um, yeah, as far as I know. Was it like real life Call of Duty? 
uh, you know, there, there's some time, like there's some, I mean, we can get into war stories if you want. There, there, there are some stuff that I've done where it was very much call of duty. Like it was like, this is happening and I, this is weird. Right. Um, um, a lot of it is very boring. You know, like someone described war as 99% boredom, 1% uncontrollable chaos. And that's pretty accurate. Well, um, and not only that, I mean, snipers, they get in hiding spots. Yeah. So I was in recon before I was in snipers. Uh, so I got, I did get to bang it in with the boys. I did get to kick doors in and do all that kind of stuff, which was fun. Would you go back and do it again? Uh, no, I got kids, man. But uh, it was fun, wasn't it? It was, but like, I, I would be such a pussy these days out there because I've got things to lose. Did you ever- I had nothing to lose back then, man. I was just like, fuck this, YOLO, kick doors in, shoot people, have fun. Like, I, fucking great time. Did you ever get shot at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, close call? Yeah, yeah, I've had, um- yeah, I've had like things shot off me. Um, yeah, I was in a really bad, uh, like we got ambushed uh, in 2008. We had a few people die. Um, and uh, I was like providing uh, fire support from like a mountain, like not far away. It was probably like 600 meters away from like where the main ambush was happening. So we were kind of providing uh, fire support for them. And then... They had a group of Chechen snipers that came in and found us. So they'd flanked us. And then me and my friend, I won't say his name because he's still in. Um, but me and my friend, we ended up getting stuck behind a rock for like maybe six hours, maybe seven hours. Um, just getting shot up by Chechen snipers and then getting mortared for like six hours. But we were on this like sort of very, very small mountain and we couldn't get off the back end of it because every time we tried to run off the back end of it to go to cover, like we just got fucked up, got strafed and all that kind of shit. And we had a Barrett sitting out the front that we couldn't get to. <laughs> so we, we didn't have any weapons except for like pistols. So we sat there, we, we just took our body armor off, put it in front of us and just hid behind a rock until it went dark and then we could go get our shit and go home. Damn. So, yeah, so that was, that was, that was, you know, that was one thing. But like a lot of stuff we did was cool. Like I did some stuff in Indonesia that was really cool. Um, you know, doing like uh, special recovery operations and stuff like that. Like it was, it was a good time. I got to do some cool shit. The more important thing is I got to meet some great people and I got like a, a very good work ethic, I think from it. Um, and the, the knowledge that like, if you want to do something well, just learn from the person who does it better than you. So like, do you ever look for military transitioning out? Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of our hierarchy are ex special operations. Um, yeah. it just like, we're a very same type of person. So like, I know what you're thinking and like, we have the same work ethic. We well, work ethics key in sales. Yeah. A lot of, oh, lot yeah. of times people get too much rejection. They come up with a million reasons why they shouldn't make that next call. These leads yeah. suck. Yeah. You know, if your mind's not right, sales, sales can be a little bit more challenging. It's, it's a funny thing. I never got, I never found sales as like rejecting because like, I mean, like I just didn't care what they thought of me. So like if I don't if I don't know someone and I don't have any experience with them, like why would I consider it rejection if they don't want to buy something? Like who gives a shit? Just move on to the next person. It's well, fine. You get paid either way. Well no, no, well not when you're commission only. Yeah, you do. Oh, I mean, yeah, because yeah, you're gonna you like you're gonna get them, right? Eventually. No, nope, nope. You what's that? I, I tell people, look, let's say you have ten customers or ten prospects. Yeah. You call all ten, you only sell one, you make two grand. Yeah. If you take that two grand divided by those 10. You made 200 bucks a prospect. You made 200 bucks a head. Whether they said yes or no, it didn't matter. That's exactly right. And I think like that detachment from that's, the sale. That's the trick I teach is, people to detach. That is it's the like, trick. Dude, I'm getting 200 bucks whether you say yes or no. So it, sign, it kind of relieves the pressure because newer salespeople, they feel this pressure and they come across sounding 
Desperate. Desperate. Yeah. That's the perfect you, know, you know what really fucks people up? And this is one thing that I try and teach my young sales guy all the time. I go, like, you have to know your data. This is why it's so important. Because if you're a 20% closer, like you close one out of five, why the fuck would you be angry if you close one out of five? You should get four no's. You get the one yes, everyone should high five. The problem becomes when you're a 20% guy who thinks you're a 50% guy. Or you only get five people to talk to every three months. That's a problem. And you're a 20% guy. Exactly, right? So you, you, like, you just can't get in that rhythm and flow. But like, so for me, I knew like I had a really good close rate for people who went all the way through to the, to the end process, which is the sales calls, around 80%. Yeah, but it sounds like because you, you set up an intelligent, you know, lead verification funnel. Yeah. So and it's funny, like, and that lead, that lead, that, that funnel will change depending on the volume. So, you know, I was talking about if you have, you are pushing everyone through, then you got to push everyone out. It's the same thing, like in marketing. Unless sometimes, you're targeting beautifully, then yeah, they're all which, good. Which would technically be pushing everyone out, right? So then like you're going to either push them out in marketing and push them through in sales. So if, like if you come to me and go, hey, man, we're going to have hard qualifications on these funnels. You won't speak to anybody that's not this. And go, sweet. I'll set up a sales cycle that just punches everyone through, right? Like punches them. But that, you know, it's going to change because like there might be months where like we sit down and we go, hey, guys, lead, lead volume is super low. Let's remove some of these friction points, right, so that we can just maximize opportunity. And that's where I go to the business owner and I go, hey, man, this is what we're doing. Why don't you just do that from the get-go? Because I don't want to destroy salespeople, right? Like, and so salespeople are, are not But don't you think it would, be the, it would be the price? It would, like anytime I look at a business and they want to sell more. First thing, you know, well, what's your product? You know, who's your target? All, all the things you're looking at. And let's think they all seem to make sense, but that's happening. Like to me, it's like, well, the price has to be too high or, you know, you, you start eliminating. Like it, it's sometimes, most times the salesperson, but I've seen a lot of businesses where it's the process, meaning the salespeople are fine. They're mm -hmm. not, they don't, they're not generating enough leads or, you know, there's always some area. That's, yeah. that's not, it, that's not necessarily evident. Yes. Yeah, so that's why you, you, you've got to have a goal. And so you've got to sit down with the marketing department and go, Hey man, are we pushing people through? Or are we knocking people out? Right. So like explain just, pushing people through. So it's like, okay, like, okay, so we're on Bradley's podcast and let's just say you decide just to sell, you just decide to go real broad with your targeting and you just push everyone through to like a landing page, but there's no real messaging behind it. It's just very, very broad. So I say anybody that wants to sell more, go to crushsales.net. Exactly. Now you got right? everybody. That's, That's going to get. Is that pushing them through? Yes. Right. Because it's just broad. Now, if you go, now, if you're a coaching consultant that's making over $100,000 a month who is frustrated by not being able to maximize your sales process, go to crushsales.net. Now, right. That is I know, a, but that's a messaging. It, I know, but is that pushing people through just less people? So it's, but it, it, you're still pushing people in, but you're pushing a very particular uh, uh, demographic through. Yeah, but that would increase your closing rate. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So if I'm doing that and I'm, and I'm making sure that I'm only getting the right, I'm getting, being very careful with my messaging and my marketing to only get a very specific segment of people into this sales process, my sales will be relatively frictionless and I'll try and get them all through because I know that they're the right people. Now it's just about selling as many as possible. But if we're just throwing every Tom, Dick and Harry into a sales process, I have to push some of them out. Otherwise I will end up with like 40 extraordinarily unsuccessful salespeople when I could have five really Worked successful out. ones. Yeah. Well, right? just get rid of the Dick and just process Tom and Harry. 
Exactly. Right. And so like, but you know, that, that can change. And so like there's one month where, Hey guys, I don't know what happened, but our, our Facebook ad accounts got blocked. So therefore we have no Facebook and Instagram. So we're going to have a third of the normal volume. Fucking sweet. I'm taking out a few of those things because now I just need more opportunity because there's lower volume. So I want to maintain the same number of sales, you know, but then our close rates are going to drop dramatically, but we're going to have an increased workload. Right. So that's where me, I have to go to you as the business owner and go, Hey man, our close rates are going to drop. Don't worry. It's intentional. It's designed to do this. And then you go, Oh, sweet. So then you don't look at the stats go, Holy fuck. Our close rates are down by half. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, let's not freak out about it. This is all an intentional decision-making process. Well, and then as soon as it starts to go back up, then we can start to reduce some, we can start to increase some of those friction points again. Or if the process worked really well, let's try and keep it, but add more people. So it's, it's always a fine line between like the, the, the resources of people, how fast you want to grow. Also, how fast can you grow? Like you have a SaaS product, right? So like you guys can grow really quickly. Uh, a lot of like service providers that have to provide a, a, a service to a, a person by a person, they can't grow that quick because you just fuck everything up. Like the delivery mechanisms will break, you know. Well, we stuff. can only do so many services here. Exa- yeah, okay. So that, you that's could right. break light speed. Like it's For not, sure. I'd love the, to. The main reason I haven't marketed mainly is because, believe it or not, it took me a long time to put in the processes. And then once I've once I saw the processes, it's like, dude, it's not a scalable solution services someone has to run those cameras someone has to edit that content yeah. you have to have editors for that you have to have studio space for that you have to have other things so unfortunately there's an aspect of our business that's that's not as scalable as the software part yeah so i've thought about like breaking them apart even yeah but then this wouldn't be high ticket the only thing i can do high ticket at light speed that i that i know of that's why i asked you you help them think it up because if you think something up brilliant i mean dude light speed's badass yeah it's the There's a definite ascension model in it that doesn't have to be like overly it's service driven, but not like over. You could like tear it apart so there's an element of service, but then also an element of like more productized services, right? Like productized services are great because it gives the. I don't want to be like a you'd douchey have, internet have, marker and say like the illusion, but it gives kind of like the the illusion of service, but it's a product. Well, yeah, but like to me, a product would have to be like, hey, here's our course on setting up your funnel. Yeah. You know, it makes all these other trainers a million dollars a month. It's 50,000 bucks and we'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. Or something. And so, we could do through the actual training system. So you just make it once in a studio. Yeah. But, but to me right now, our services are not that. Our services, we will manually consult you from, from yeah. private labels all the way to marketing. And people, unfortunately, have to do it to where I only have so many editors. Now I've scaled out so my capacity and the resources are there yeah so i'm ready to market but okay. i can't market like too crazy or yeah well you have got to have you got to have heavy disqualification funnels right so you've got to have parts in the process where you kick people out but then you'd want to have to you want to you want to monetize the people who you kick out in some way right so it's like what do you do so what i like to do is create a bucket like a facebook group or something like that where like hey even like even the people that go through they go there and people that don't they go like we have like at seventh level we have salesrevolution.net we we throw a lot of free content in there right and we're just constantly cultivating an audience that loves us right um, is that a facebook group yeah yeah salesrevolution.group um and so like we're cultivating that's that's a big bucket for us that we can fish leads out of right but like the important thing is like that's a bucket that provides tremendous value for salespeople 
You know what I mean? So like, even if they don't ever buy anything from us, they'll get better at sales for free, you know, which, which, which is great. But the idea is like, you know, eventually they see us, they like us, they understand what we're doing. Yeah. And so we have funnels out there, you know, trying to get people in. And this is for all the businesses that I work with at Sales Sniper. It's like, we have funnels, but I want to be a, like, how do we monetize every single bit? Or how do we give our salespeople an opportunity to create these like pools, I call them, where they can start fishing, you know? And so it's like, well, instead of just kicking people out and putting them on an email list, like that's actually bring them somewhere we can cultivate an audience that loves us, you know, by giving them shitloads of value. Now that's a lot of work. Like it's, it's a lot of work for the salespeople, but it's also a lot of work for the people who are driving the business. And that's like, like with you, like you could do it quite easily because you can repurpose all the content you're doing anyway, which is why things like podcasts are amazing for business owners. Every single business that I come and sell them and I was like, you should have a podcast. One, because like you can have a long form conversation like this and extract lots of really cool shit from it. But two, you can then use that and you can then vertical content. That's your TikTok, your Instagram reels and your YouTube shorts. And then you can have your horizontal content. You can have the back and forth. You can pull it out in snippets. You can then run it as an ad to your podcast. You can run it as an ad to your channel. You can run it as an ad to your Facebook group. And so now you're creating all these like channels and spheres of influence that you can just, you can have setters in there. You can have salespeople in there and they're like, hey, you're, you're, you're going to get 50 inbound leads a week. And you are control, and you are in control of Instagram. Yeah. So when, it's like when, that when, is your pool to fish in. When do you? What do you do? Give them passwords to your Instagram? Uh, we use things like LastPass and stuff like that. Yeah. What about what about um, like when someone's making comments on Facebook, should salespeople be in those comment sections? I think I think so. It has to be very intentional. There has to be a very clear outcome of what you want from that, right? So it's like sales. You, yeah. So. But like, if you're sending everyone, you don't want to send everyone straight to a sales channel. Well, you don't send them. I'm talking about like, use me as an example. Yeah. If I say, hey, you know, um, go follow me on Instagram. Well, I get a thousand DMs. I can't check them all. Should my salespeople be in there checking them? You should probably have a dedicated setter in there. So someone who's not, who's a salesperson in training, who is learning how to communicate and the volume really, really helps them. And those guys just, and that guy would just say, hey, I saw that you were interested in Brad's coaching. Yeah. Well, I would pull a problem. I would NEPQ them first. I would take them through the first two parts of NEPQ, which is going to be connection <coughs> situation and probably problem awareness. Right. So I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to find out what it is they're looking for, then what they're currently doing about what they're looking for. And then I'm going to pull out a problem. And if that problem matches our solution, then I'm going to put them into a sales process. Nice. Now, now those have to be predetermined. Wait, wait, wait say that again. Like to do that, you would have to know all the rest of it, meaning you, you know who you're looking for. Yeah. So I have like a team that triages and sets, and then I have a team that like closes the deal. And that script is written as one script. So like if Jeremy's on a live and, and he says, you know, identify yourself somehow. Yeah. Are there, are there those salespeople in there communicating as Jeremy or themselves? Uh, but uh, they're mainly communicating as themselves. And then Jeremy does a lot of communication himself because that's part of his role. And he, like it's like Grant Cardone, he'll go into clubhouse and just tear. He's up. always there yeah, yeah, talking, talking, talking. Well, dude, he wouldn't be there if it wasn't generating leads. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm just like in my head, I'm always thinking, what are people doing? Like, oh, I know what he's doing. He's DMing people, but but Grant has people in his sh shit. Yeah. To where I've never done that either. That's a good way of doing it. It just, you just have to be able to like make sure that person's well trained and that like their communication 
somewhat mimics your communication. And they know what they're trying to accomplish. Exactly. Like if I'm calling you, I'm, I'm trying to get you to do a light speed system. And as soon as I do the NEPQ and figure out that you're not that person, well, then what do I do with you? Where do I send you? Maybe I'll send you a closer school. Maybe I'll pitch you this. Maybe I'll pitch you that. But yeah. who thinks up that whole menu of, Me. of, of goods and services? Me. So that's why I create a product ladder for everyone. So yeah. it's like, okay, we have, because like we might have like a, like, you know, like at, like at, uh, like at seventh level, we have like a $47 uh, downloadable, which is like, it's a copy of one of the masterclasses that we did. And then some guidelines of how to like sort of do the thing that we taught in the masterclass. It provides a lot of value. You could easily sell it for 497 right? Like it's a fully blown masterclass, but it's like, that's a great thing for someone who just doesn't have the income right now. And then we can take them through, we can provide them with a lot of value at a great price. And all of a sudden, like we're good guys, like, Hey man, we are helping you out for cheap. You got a lot of value out of it. And by utilizing the product, you're getting better at the thing that you want to get better at. So hopefully you make more money and then I can progress you through the product ladder. Yeah, but you don't, you don't sell that retail to other people and give sweet deals. So that's just, it just appears to be a sweet deal. No, it's like, I don't do fake discounting. It's just like, that's the price of it. I c it's, it's in my opinion, it's value would be a lot more, but I, 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 we don't do the, it's worth 497. We're just giving it to you for 49. I just go. Yeah, but you don't, but you don't sell it for 497 to anybody. No, 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 no one. No, never. So it's 49, no matter who you are. No matter who you are. Got yeah. it. So is this a, what, what would you call that? Like a lead magnet? Yeah, it's sort of a lead magnet or just, or just like a, it's, a, it's an entry to our buyers. You make them pay though, because if they don't pay, they're psychological. They never use it. Huh? They never use it if they don't pay. Well, not only that, but psychologically, if they won't pull out a credit card for forty nine, what makes you think they're going to pull one out for forty nine hundred? Exactly. And so, like, you know, I just think like a lot of those productized stuff, they're great because they they help to monetize funnels and they help to reduce, you know, they just help to liquidate ad spend faster, right? If you can have a self liquidating funnel, that's fantastic. If you can have a self like liquidating funnel that generates leads. That's, that's the dream because then you can just literally keep spending more money, more money, more money, and it liquidates itself, and then you get free sales goals. So, dude, being in Australia with the lockdown, that didn't hurt you at all because you can do most of it on the phone. If anything, man, COVID was pretty friendly to me. I got I got it, yeah. you know, because the internet education space has kind of exploded. Um, and, and so, like, it was, it was good timing, I have to be fair, when I kind of launched this sales sniper business. Like I was, started that shit 20 years ago. What, COVID? No. <laughs> Online training. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Dude, Lightspeed was formed in 1999. Really? Nobody was out there. You need there. to get the message out there more, man. Nobody was doing it. There was zero. Yeah. Well, now everyone's doing it. Now everyone's doing it. Yeah. So like- Shit, and a yeah. lot of them are doing it bigger than me, which is like, <laughs> let's time that, to market. Is that having an impact on you, Brad? No, people, but- You've no, been but, in there longer? You've been doing it better? You've been doing it longer? You've no, got all the like, infrastructure? What's happening? Well, I, I've it's got- up. I've got what you call the, uh, um, I think it's called Founders, um, I forget what it's called. The bottleneck? No, it's where, it's where like, you know, like for example, take uh, Kajabi. Yep. Now, Kajabi is just a- I've never heard of her. It's yeah. a hosting solution. It's not a training system. It doesn't yeah, do yeah. repetition. There's no communities. There's no badges. There's no testing. There's no role play. Yeah. It's not a training system. It's a hosting system. Yep. But they just got valued at $2.2 billion. And they they go after the same people I serve. Yep. So it's like, that's why it like gets in my crawl. It's like, shit, maybe I should just say, who gives a fuck? Make a hosting solution and, and get $2 billion. But instead, mm -hmm. I'm all this- I got this founder's mentality of, you know, almost like a purist. Like, dude, that's not training. That's just a video. You got That's it. good though. I know, but like, Fuck it, be I, the best. I, I think we can do both. Yeah. I think we can freaking blow that shit up equivalent because there's a many of, of examples. They're marketing in the big way. We're not, we're word of mouth pretty much. So I'm going to 
talk to you further about you know getting something going for Lightspeed as well. Dude, I appreciate you coming in, man. You, you don't. You, if anybody wants to follow the dude at Real Matt Ryder, go to go to uh, salesrevolution.group. If you're uh, a sales Facebook. rep, yep. If you're a sales rep, you just type in salesrevolution.group yeah, and it'll go there. It's free info. You guys will see if you like him better. Yeah, and but, if you guys are interested in ever you know coming and seeing if you you know want to work with Sales Sniper as a done for you agency, you go to crushsales.net. And we just pretty much take it over for you. Dude, crushsales.net's a no-brainer, especially for coaches and shit. Exactly. Now, now, uh, I got a list of clients that I might be able to turn you on to. Well, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll find, figure out a way to make that worth your while. Buddy. Hey, and also follow at real Jeremy Miner. Yeah, buddy. Because, you know, he'll, he'll drop a bunch of knowledge, but it's also he, he posts a lot of testimonials like yours where it's like, they were making shit. Now they're making 10x shit. But it's never shit. Like they're making good money. Like I, yeah, we got, I was, we got we got dudes door knocking, making a hundred grand a month. Yeah, but like when I was in sales, dude, I was good. But frick, I was selling cars like a dipshit. I was only making like <laughs> twenty grand a month, thirty grand a month, and a good month. Yeah, right. But that's Still all you could. Money. That's all you could make. I didn't know that there were high ticket things out there. Yeah, I mean, we got dudes selling everything from cars to. Uh, you know, uh, one of the guys, one of the one of the uh, businesses we train is a German seatbelt manufacturing company, and we like forexed their sales um, just through having them take a process. One of their big things is they provide all the seatbelts for like AMG and stuff like that, like really high end tensile fabrics, and they were just getting blown out by these cheap Chinese sort of like really really cheap textiles, and so we just taught them how to sort of basically link all it back to the safety of their clients. And so when they were selling Mercedes and all that kind of stuff, they, they sort of had to make a choice between putting their client's safety first or putting their budget first. NEPQ at seventh level communications. Folks, appreciate you listening. Share this out. There might be someone who needs it. And as always, keep it real. Put that coffee down. down. down.